And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to a loaded edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. It might even feel like a Warriors Plus Minus podcast. Tim Kawakami and Marcus Thompson staying up late to talk Warriors Suns in what felt like a little West finals even in the arena, guys. I have to tell you, it was a really good crowd. Thank you. Know it was uh, got game two coming up Friday, too. So uh, it was very interesting. I, I think the Warriors have to figure out some things, but that's what this is about to be December. So they got a long way to go, but definitely was interesting for them to go through it. And I thought it was interesting as later, as you pointed out, like Steve Kerr voluntarily brought up, Oh, when we have Clay Thompson, we might be able to figure some things. And that hasn't been, and nor should have been, you know, they go 18 and two to start, but like you do say, okay, this team is going to be better. And in very specific ways when they have, Play and Wiseman and obviously Iguodala back, and this game shows you that they need those guys. Marcus, yeah, I just I feel like this was a uh, I, I kind of agree with Steve Kerr and reiterate what I said on words plus minus. Like, there's just no L's in this really. Uh, they got a great a great feel for what it's gonna be like if they want to win the West. <laughs> like they got like all beating up on teams and all these double digit wins and like that don't really show you what you made of Phoenix is good enough to show them. And you think they got a feel for it. Like Jordan Poole walked away from this way, like confident. This is the second time he's kind of produced in these type of games dating back to, to last year in the play-ins. But I, I thought this was, I thought this was great. I mean, obviously they can't win any games if Steph is going forward for 21, but like it got it got real it, it just got real hype there right for a while with all the 2015 16 talk and like to me this was a good like reality check on on where they really are and they've got so much time to close the gap if there's one that actually exists like we'll find out more in the next game but if if they walk away and you say, you know what, Phoenix is a better team than them. That's still a great position to be in. I don't think there's a bad side to this. They felt playoff defense um, for, I, I would say, pretty much the first time. I think the Clippers have defended them pretty well. And then down the stretch, Memphis and even Charlotte did when we were there. But this was a playoff-level focus from a defense and also playoff personnel. I mean, Mikael Bridges was awesome. I thought uh, really good uh, against Steph on ball, obviously, but, but, you know, they were switching a bunch. And then Aiton, uh, you know, there was a sequence late in the first half where 
uh, Aiton's out on a switch and Steph tries to step back like two for one, three, just fling one up to make sure he gets a shot up and Aiton gets out and blocks it. And then the next possession, they get Aiton on a switch again and Steph doesn't go to the three. He drives on him and Mikel Bridges comes over weak side and blocks the shot. And it was like two straight possessions late in the half where Steph got his shot blocked in ways that you never see Steph get his shot blocked. And it was an example of obviously the, the length of Phoenix um, and just... I mean, this, they, they entered as the third best defense. I was just really impressed with the Suns. I was impressed with Aiton. I mean, Bridges is really – we know Bridges is really good. But Aiton, like what's the you – know, like big center is going to hurt him on the boards. You know, it's going to be tough to defend on the post. But, okay, maybe you can get him in the pick and roll. They could not get him in the pick and roll. He was quick. He was bouncy. He was long. He challenged him. They didn't get around him too often. I mean, Bielitsa tried, you know, maybe kind of did, but – and kind of dribbled into trouble too. Uh, Aiton was very impressive. I think that is one you, know, you in an area where I, I think there would be two areas that I think would be serious. Again, it's just it's not even December yet, but two series I was areas. Suns are better than without Devin Booker in the second half, and that's an issue. Uh, maybe the personnel suits them to put you know Cam Johnson in there, but Devin Booker is a great player, and and they were better than Warriors without him. And secondly, that center matchup is bad for the Warriors. It's bad. Aiden versus Looney is a bad matchup. Now we can talk about Wiseman could change that or the Warriors could just commit to Draymond playing center. But then that creates a problem for them at power forward because JTA is their other power forward. And that was not a good game. For well, that's, you know who was missed tonight? Andre Iguodala. Oh, no question. No question. And he, he these are games that are built for him. Uh, and they didn't have them, clearly. But uh, there's some... The, Warriors have some issues with a team that has that good a center. They just do. And, you know, they've beaten teams with great centers. We know that. And it doesn't mean it's impossible. But that is a tough kind of puzzle piece for them until they have Wiseman going at full speed or they've figured out some other way. That It's tough because Aiton is young and good and sprying and score, get rebound. Like, there, there, there are some issues. Although they, they killed Phoenix on the boards. I, I didn't even really notice. Like 51, 35, something like that. I mean, they killed them on the boards. You can't say they were beat up because they were small. They just weren't efficient, and, and they let Phoenix get very efficient on them. I don't – yeah. Um, to me, this Phoenix team looked just like the Phoenix team that went to the finals last year. So this was kind of expected. Eight was incredible. Um, I, I, I actually don't know – Per se, if the if Aiton was the the deciding factor, like I feel like Aiton's gonna get that. It's like Kerr said, like he's gonna get it. To me, it was so big because they also lost the guard play, and that's just what they can't do. They just didn't have Steph. They really didn't have Wiggins, and and, and we saw when Jordan Poole and Otto Porter were making threes. No matter what the damage Aiton was doing, it wasn't killing them. Like yep. it, they they were still winning. They were still close. And if you're if you're getting a semi decent game for Steph, like Aiton hurts you, but he doesn't kill you. It's Aiton plus uh, Jay Crowder and Chris yep. Paul and and Devin Booker, and now you got Cameron Payne and Landry Shamit making three. Like that's what kills you. And they they got destroyed. And I not destroyed. Jordan Poole played really well, but they got beat. They got beat. On the perimeter, uh, Wiggins, Steph, Poole. They, 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 they had yeah, Chioza. They're playing there, a lot of Chioza. A lot of Chioza. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much Chioza. But I, so I, 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 I didn't feel I like some under- of that would be negated with 
a, a more a more representative game from Steph. Yeah, I didn't I didn't understand Chios over Gary Payton in the first half, obviously, and we, you know we can get to those some of those rotation decisions, but you know they weren't beat offensively. Yeah, Jake Crowder hit some threes, but you know in general, look, Phoenix, what did they end up scoring like a hundred? Um, and it like they they lost because they turned it over twenty three times and scored you know ninety whatever points. Um, and I just I. I think we've seen this problem somewhat in Memphis and Charlotte, and it's, it's more crystallized when you see it against Phoenix, who we think could be a, a team they play in maybe the second round or the conference finals. It's just like the, when the Steve Kerr system, the, the all the off-ball action that works so well, um, just in a playoff setting against a focused defense, they 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 just bottle it up better, and then suddenly it's like you know, particularly when they start switching. Uh, against switching, you need isolation players that 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 can go win isolation matchups. And uh, I think Steph Curry was a little mad at himself post game when, when we were talking to him about the fact that he didn't try to drive a bit more. He, he I was able yeah, to. I didn't get that at all. That was so he, weird to me. I mean, look, Bridges is great. Bridges ain't that good to where you don't even try him. Like you know, that to me he's was somewhat slower. I mean, he's really good, like help side that and is like just weird, uh, yeah. But they they depressed. were bracketing him. They had the help like ready. But we've seen Steph get by. Yeah, you know, and just Paul George, who you know is a great defender. So one point to make is you know Wiggins is really important in games like this. And we know he's you know you can't count on him to score twenty six points in a great game. You don't know he might he might not he might score thirty, but. He was not 100%. He wasn't even close. And I, you know, I give him a lot of credit for, for playing through that game because he did not look comfortable running around out there. And he tried a couple drives, and you know, he was out there defending, but it, it was not explosive Wiggins. And I think that might have, you know, if he gets a couple more buckets in there to take the pressure off of Curry, you know, or as an outlet for for Draymond, it, it, it might change the flow a little bit. But you couldn't ask that of him. They, they, yeah, they, the, the back, by the way, the back spasms were, were a clear problem. Obviously he popped up on the injury report. I watched his pregame warmups. He was like bending down very slowly shooting free throws and, um, gingerly shooting like 16 footers. And I was sitting there ready. Like, Oh, he's about to tell the trainer he's not playing. Then he goes over to the trainer. He's like, I'm good. I'll play. I was like, Oh, okay. Uh, but then, yeah, you, yeah, you saw it. You saw it uh, during the game. I mean, he was kind of slow. And you go back to the – they played Phoenix late last season. I wrote about it a little in the preview that I wrote. But um, they beat Phoenix. And Steph went 7-22 in that game. And if you watch a lot of those highlights, Phoenix defended him really well. It was Bridges and, and, and a lot of the same schemes that, that bottled Steph up. But Wiggins had 38 points in that yep. game. Yep. Uh, and Poole had 20 and 20 minutes off the bench. You saw that same Poole tonight. You just didn't see that same Wiggins. And, you know, that matters. And – um, you know, Clay Thompson coming back obviously helps the spacing, but I think in general, uh, what I've learned in the Warriors three losses this season is if they end up losing in the playoffs, I do think that's what we're going to come down talking uh, about is like they just don't necessarily have the isolation scoring in those tense moments against the best defenses that'll have switching versatile schemes. Uh, and it's again, it's why they got Kevin Durant It's why they went on to win the title with Kevin Durant a few times. It could be their Achilles heel. I'm not saying it definitely will be because a lot of these other contenders and there's not that many uh, across the league have their own issues. But that to me just is the Warriors issue. And as much as Clay Thompson helps in so many ways, he doesn't really help solve that particular issue. Well, the old Clay did right. The Clay we saw the last the last Clay we saw, he was much better at it. And he was he was feeling like 
he was coming into that. Like that was next for him. But yeah, I don't know if you can, you can't, you can't write that down in ink that you're going to get that clay back. But I, I do feel like that Steph, I mean, we know Steph is that guy. He has to be that guy. And I, I don't think he really tried that approach. Like he took one mid range shot and he made it. And that was it. It was all threes or all trying to drive to Aiton. Like we've kind of seen this before, which is a little bit surprising why he didn't handle it differently, but he's not handled it well and then responded. So, like, I do think that's going to be an issue. Uh, and it was it was like a major part of the three-year run, right? It was a little bit of the battle of, you know, between Kevin Durant and Steve Kerr. I, I do feel like if you got Otto Porter, you got Jordan Poole, you got Steph Curry, you got Andrew Wiggins, you just, kind of enough you feel like it should be but maybe and we gotta we gotta like acknowledge this phoenix just might be the better team and you know it might take uh a a tough series with them to figure out how to beat them they might just be more together and more experienced as a unit like that stuff kind of matters and and that's cool but uh it, it was interesting to just watch you know other guy we haven't talked about yet who didn't play well offensively is draymond I thought I thought that mattered a lot, uh, and that's one of the reasons he, JTA was playing it. They were trying to kind of recreate that. They needed another ball handler, like initiator, with Steph, you know, drawing two, and JTA wasn't good at it, and Draymond wasn't good at it. So that's that's another element where it's like they kind of they didn't have Wiggins, they didn't have Steph, and they had like Draymond, who was a uh, problematic offensively tonight. Yeah, I mean, we got Draymond, you got JTA, and you got Looney, who we've all said have been, you know, they've been very good to great in, in the first 20 games. But, I mean, what have we seen sometimes from all of them in in important, tough games is they don't want to shoot that tough, too, right? They just don't. And, and I understand it. It's not, you know, and, and Iguodala can, can be in that situation, too, didn't play tonight. But those are important shots. Maybe not against Portland or you know against Sacramento or you know any other 18 wins that they they lined up, but against these games in Memphis when it's a grinder, uh, you know you play Milwaukee, you play some of these other teams that are just going to throw this stuff where the easy stuff isn't there. Some of these guys have to you know make the five foot runner or at least be threatening with it instead of they're running into the lane and they're trying to get rid of it as soon as possible. They don't want the ball in the lane. And that does work sometimes, but if teams are playing it and just know, I mean, was Phoenix worried at all that JTA was going to score on them at all? (laughs) Zero, none, no, no worry whatsoever. They were just like, as soon as he got the ball, he was sped up and was trying to get rid of it. And he was throwing it into the second row. Draymond did it too. Again, doesn't make them, you know, they've (laughs) any less valuable than they've been. They're incredibly valuable, but this is where it shows. Like this is the stuff. That was problematic, you know, a little bit last season and certainly, you know, in the playoffs previously. These are kind of players that are important players and can get you a lot of wins. And then sometimes you're just going to go, God, we could really use four buckets out of them, you know, when it's everybody's clamped, you know, at the three point line. You know, you, and you know, doing- you know, who would have been, I think, interesting to play tonight. Well, first of all, I want JTA five turnovers, in 13 minutes, just obviously yeah. had a really bad night. Bielitz is like in a slump right now. He just does not look good. Uh, obviously, you know, Iguodala's out. Damian Lee's out. Um, 
Jonathan Kaminga could have been used tonight. <laughs> yes, yes. I and and in a um, game again, of athleticism and length, right? Yeah. <laughs> and finish and go finish against you know isolation. Hey, we all understand why Kerr doesn't not, is not playing him. He doesn't trust him with the ball right now, and and did play him some, and it's going to probably work him in slowly if he gets in into the rotation again. You know, maybe at some point, but. That's why he didn't play him in this big game. But man, this is the kind of stuff that he can do. Like that is, he is unique, and the stuff they. That's why he looks so different out there because the Warriors don't have guys like that. Just go get something. Just go like, oh, shot clock's running down. It's not there for Steph. Throw it to the weak side, and he just goes get something. Might not be the greatest in the world at it right now, but he might. He's probably better at it than the other guys. So yes, I was thinking that too, Slater. You know, I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah. This, this is a guy who would could change the balance of that game when it looked like no one else could do it. Normally Steph can do it and Steph just couldn't do it. This is, I do think this it is makes sense the, to do him at home though. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I would, that, that would be a much, I didn't think of he was going to be in this game. TNT, you know, drum B the two best teams ever to play this early in the season, but um, just, it just gives you a feel for what they are missing and what he could provide, just go get some easy, you know, easy shots where he just takes a dribble and beats somebody and wants to shoot it instead of trying to fling it, you know, around two guys and through three guys, and it never gets there. Even Seth was doing that, right? He threw that one directly to Aiton. That was just bizarre, like just directly to him because they were sped up, because the defense was so long. I think he was worried about Bridges behind him. Even like when he got in, he was like worried about Bridges tracking him, and Bridges did get him a couple times. That's what great defense does, and they need some outlets. This is also where just like the lack of developmental minutes for these guys early can hurt. A lot of times, I think we view it in the lens of, um, you know, if Kaminga's on the floor, these are minutes for like 2024, and like, yeah, the Warriors can't prioritize three years down the line, and that's why they're basically he's barely in the rotation. But if he's just in it a bit more if, if Kerr can handle some of the Kaminga mistakes and maybe that means the loss here or there the last couple weeks instead of just pulling him after like a couple bad five minute stretches um, maybe he is ready for this game because we've seen like he's shown in a couple like you know they played the Bulls he was good against the Bulls uh, in that Charlotte game which they end up losing that was that was a tough road game Marcus we were at it Kaminga was good in that game he had like four yeah, straight was. buckets to start the second quarter and I get it. I get, look, J, he hopped JTA, and then suddenly JTA in Cleveland comes into a game and completely outplays what Kaminga had done. So JTA earns the veteran minutes that I think the locker room would prefer that JTA gets. But it's just, you know, I get why Kerr doesn't trust putting Kaminga in this game tonight, but maybe he would trust him if he tried him a bit more, you know, over the long haul. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
I agree. <laughs> okay, good. I absolutely agree. With it. Again, and Wiseman will be in that formula too. Uh, whenever he he comes back in, and, and that's a you know different kind of guy, but easy twos, right? Easy Mo- twos. Moses Moody doesn't exist either. Like you know, I get, I guess Chios is more re- he is more reliable, I guess, at this point. But I don't know. I mean, Moses Moody got thrown into a couple games early in the season, including the opener in Staples. Moses Moody had like a pump fake past Anthony Davis to the rim in a bucket. Like I. Again, I don't know. Look, they're eighteen and three, and like it's 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 impossible at all to to like you know deeply criticize the way they're handling their three recent lottery rookies. But at this point, I mean, Moses Moody has disappeared. Jonathan Kaminga plays four second defensive possessions at the end of quarters. That's the only time you see him. And then obviously the Wiseman situation is that situation. It's just I don't know. Maybe try these guys a little bit more. That's all I'll say. Yeah, that's Friday. the beauty of the yep. second game. They can kind of, yep. they can they can do that, and you know maybe you think they something. will though. Let's be honest. Like, do we think we're going to see Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga on Friday? I think I think you might see Kaminga just because like Draymond is down there banging, but he just doesn't have the length to get over. Like he, they, there's nobody on the team who could do anything about that eight and turn right shoulder in the lane. Other than maybe Kaminga, that's the last try you got. <laughs> uh, they just don't have anybody. Uh, there was one where Draymond jumped, jumped all he could, <laughs> and it was still right over his hand. So I, I, I do think they might try him. Uh, I, I could see it anyway. How about, how about that? I could definitely see it. I wouldn't be shocked. I'm ready. Or, I don't think Moody though. Chris Chioza. Chioza plays. I thought he was going to play the entire second quarter. There. Dude, like, what, was, what is that, yo? Why was he just running Chioza like that? It wasn't like he was doing a lot either. It was he just weird. likes him because he gets them in their offense, and I understand it. It, it is interesting, you know, Kerr, we know, like 99% of his decisions are based on defense first, and Chioza's not good on defense. And he's small, he can shoot over him, and he tries hard, but. He's a liability on defense, but he's just doing it because he and, and Peyton is so good on defense in so many different ways. Yet Kerr is leaning towards Chioza, not strictly over Peyton because they, you know, you can overlap a little bit. And but they, they did play them together too. They did play them together, and actually, it wasn't terrible together. But those are kind of the minutes you would think for for Peyton, and you know, and you and you know, as the guard, and you move someone else as a small forward. That's those are the minutes there, and it's. Clearly, just get the offense into a something, get into a set, and it's a little weird, you know. This is this is a team with a lot of goals and eighteen and two, and you know, all these extra and three players. lottery yeah. rookies that yeah, can yeah they can't submitting. play. Yep, yeah, all these guys they can't play, and GP two's got this incredible plus minus, and they always do well when he's in there, and he's playing Chris Joseph for eight straight minutes which he no longer does for anybody on the team. Like, anybody. nobody plays eight straight minutes. Anybody. <laughs> yeah, and he's playing Chris Chioza eight straight minutes. It was, it, was, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. Deeper trolling the uh, Like the an all-star, team. as you said. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is what you do with – like, Steph plays that many minutes. Like, maybe. And there was Chris Chioza. It was amazing. It was just amazing. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about uh, Jordan Poole's night. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of um, 
I, I don't feel bad saying this. I was sitting up there next to, uh, by the way, I mean, the, the national media is now descending upon the Warriors. There was a bunch in L.A., and I was sitting next to Brian Windhorst, Kevin Arnovitz, and um, Michael Wilbon was up there. And then Poole's hot early on. I'm just bringing this up because Poole's hot early on, and Wilbon leans over, and he was, like, asking the group of us, like, is Jordan Poole going to be an all-star? And he meant this season, and I think the answer to that is no. Um, although, you know, teams that are the clear one seed usually get more than one all-star. But it's just, you know, the general point is, like, Jordan Poole's rise is, like, here. Uh, and, and we've talked about it plenty. But, I mean, that was TNT national stage, as, as we all mentioned. And I know they lost the game, but they get blown out if Jordan Poole doesn't. They ain't losing because of him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 16 in the first quarter. I think he had 28 on 15 shots in the game. Um, and some of the passes, the confidence, uh, the deep shots. Windhorse is half the game going, man, they kind of run some of the Steph action for him, don't they? Man, he kind of looked like Steph there. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm again, I'm mentioning that because these are like, you know, national eyes that, that haven't watched every le- step of Jordan Poole. And then are sitting there like, whoa, what's up with this guy? Like, when did the Warriors create this guy? Um, and it's it's interesting. And uh, to me, he had the the most impressive sequence I've seen in his career uh, for when he came over weak side to help and blocked Cam uh, Johnson at the rim and then came down the court and threw a sweet pass to, to Gary Payton for a dunk. And it's just, I don't know. He's just becoming more of a complete player, and he's showing it on these type of stages. I mean, it's just it's some eye-opening stuff. Yeah, I don't know how much more I can say about uh, Jordan Poole without sounding like crazy, but uh, his ability to create shots, like, and it's just going to be a factor, right? Like, no matter what happens Friday, the matchup is changed by the fact that, like, Jordan Poole torched them dudes, and then they're going to be worried about Steph, like, bouncing back. And that's just, it's just, it's huge. And he won't do that every game. But the fact that he can, and people are starting to know he can, it, it, you know what it should do? It should open up stuff for Wiggins. And you got to start thinking, it makes you like salivate if you're a Warriors fan for Clay, because all that means is the, the best defenders like are getting pushed around and somebody's going to have a lesser defender on her. Like somebody had Landry Shamit on him tonight. And Landry Shamit is a solid defender, but after after Bridges... Chris Paul and, you know, uh, Jay Crowder. Shamick feels like, all right, you know, you saw Wiggins get to the post. So it's it's those guys who Jordan Poole makes, makes the other team, guard them with somebody really good, which should open up stuff for Wiggins, uh, even like Draymond, or it gets open shots for Otto Porter. Like, you're starting to see the effects of it because teams know this dude will light us up if we're not careful on him. And, like, this was another example of that. Yeah, I just, and the way I think of it always is, even though he's starting and he's playing major minutes with Steph, but those shots he makes when Steph's out are just so heavy. Like, they're just so important. Uh, And because, you know, Steph's coming back at some point, and it didn't really happen for Steph this game, but you know it's going to happen most games. So if you can win the non-Steph minutes because Jordan Poole's hitting three threes or whatever he does or, or forces the defense to move and create shots or maybe Clay Thompson in a couple weeks or some other guys, yeah, Wiggins or whoever. This is huge. You know, it's gigantic because you can just 
you know, if you, I don't know if you can bank on this for pool, but it's getting close to it, you know, write them in for 16 points, you know, and maybe it goes to 22, maybe it goes to 30. This is, this is how you, you know, this is how you set yourself up for a balanced rotation that doesn't rely on Steph to win, you know, to be plus 14. What's his average plus 14 every game? Clearly, he's not going to be anymore after minus 17 tonight, but it's, you know, you can look at getting plus 12 for every Steph, every Steph game. And if you don't lose the, the non-Steph minutes by 12, you're going to win. And, and Jordan Poole is going to help you win some of those non-Steph minutes. Uh, this is the development of an incredibly important supplemental player who sometimes is going to be their best score like like he was tonight and that's very very well is he going to be a play, all-star no not this season but it's interesting that that you know that conversation can be had and it's a, it's a true credit to him um you know it it's the lou williams role is the one i've kind of thrown out for him and maybe he even exceeds that and we all know lou williams has been incredibly valuable but um a little, a little more size, maybe a little more defensive presence. He wasn't bad at all tonight. Defensive. How about that block? Can he get a, oh, some yeah. some some credit for that block? That was block, sweet. That yeah, the block, that steal on on the side there. We just cut in front of the passing lane. Um, I think Peyton kind of caused a, a weak pass, but he was right there, anticipated, cut right in front of him on that left side. These are things that are just going to make him more and more valuable. And yeah, it's, here's a good. Like, what kind of contract is he going to get? Is he going to get like? What's he gonna get? Is Bobby he gonna get Bobby Marks, who has some type of formula, tweeted out tonight. It was during Pool's hot streak that you know Pool's on whatever he is like two point six million this season. But the formula says he's playing like a uh, like an eighteen million yeah. per year player. Basically, I think is what yeah. it says. I mean, could you see him get four for eighty? I mean, yes, yes, I could definitely see that, and I would not have said that even you know the beginning of this season. This is. You know, again, whatever the tax liability, whatever, but the Warriors have historically paid for the good players. He could be four for 80 and he could be worth every penny of it. And this is this is huge stuff for the Warriors, certainly for right now. And for you know the opponents are thinking about him and Clay and Wiseman and Steph and everything else. This is how you start. You know, you, you don't feel bad about 18 and three at all, at all. Uh, and then let's see if he does it again on Friday, you know, add another thing to him. If he does it again the night after that, night after, after, after that, he's beginning to pile this up is what I'm saying. He's absolutely beginning to pile this up. Yeah. I mean, as far as the contract goes, his any extension he signs would kick in the season that uh, Andrew Wiggins contract will have expired. So yep. that's just something but, notable uh, on that. But, but, but Andrew Wiggins contract will not be expiring because Joe Lacob, <laughs> will it be decreasing if it does, if it's, it's not expiring? Give, it's got to give him a nice little extension. Nah, uh, I mean, the same dollar if the call, well, no, no, heck no. But is that going to be the call they have to make though? Probably. Yeah. yeah or Wiggins. or they just or they win a championship and they're making so much money that they just say, that you know what, we're keep keeping everybody. Yeah, we're keeping everybody. You know, they might. I mean, well, I, don't I mean, know. you were There's saying that, be but some... like, you know, who else will be like, you know, we'll see how what Wiseman becomes, but you know, Wiseman's right behind him as far as you know extensions, and it's like impossible to talk extensions with James Wiseman. We've seen him for like a cup of coffee in the league at this point, but I'm mean, just like, you know, young guys become expensive quick, yep. um, and you know, anyway, uh, is there anything else on the game you guys want to talk about before I have one final uh, take on uh, the arena, but. Go ahead. I thought uh, Chris Paul was 
was good. I, they're they're part of it what was about- Wiggins back, but I I wonder if if they put Draymond on Chris Paul because of Wiggins back or because like this is how they want to like kind of wreck their offense. Uh, but but Chris Paul, he man, he he's. He's still good, and somehow or another, like if you don't, you you've kind of got to stay on him, probably even more than Booker. It seems like. Uh, well, Wiggins was on Booker, um, yeah. and I think that's the right way to play it. Now, you know, no Booker probably Friday. Do they start Wiggins on Paul and like allow Draymond to be a little bit more center field? I just I was surprised they didn't put Draymond on Booker if you're gonna do that, but I know they want to do the pick Wiggins and roll. Is- Wiggins yeah. to me is more of a Booker type defender. Yeah. Dray- Draymond guarded Lillard a couple of days ago, so I think what you're talking about might be right. Where it's like, for some reason they're like they like Draymond either on point guards to mess up the front of the offense or on big, so he can just be kind of like the back line. Yeah, they I don't, don't like they don't like him on three point shooters because he wanders away too much. Uh, you know, looking to help, and then boop, ball goes over his head, and it's over to the three point shooter. That that's been I think the, the history. I also think they want to kind of pre-switch some pick and rolls there with Aiden. Like they figured Aiden was going to do all the pick and roll, yeah, so yeah. maybe you pre-switch that a little bit. But then it, it still brings Looney into it, right? I mean, Looney's guarding Aiden, so I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Other than I just think they like Draymond. Like this, you go get him. You go get the guy. You know, and I don't know. If that's the problem what they were is about. it takes. So now you know Chris Paul stands out to play, and now Draymond is away from the paint. Like you don't have his toughness inside. You don't have that backline defender. To me, that's why it was just weird. It's like, all right, he's just like, okay, we're going to let, you know, we're going to get it across the court, kick it to Booker and have him and Aiden go to work or throw it down to Aiden. And now it's basically just Looney where yeah, you, don't have Draymond is, you don't have yep. Draymond as support. So that's why it was a little yep. weird to me. And also when Draymond was kind of leaning that way, it pop it right back to Paul and he takes two dribbles and he hits that mid range, you know, <laughs> it, it, it sometimes caught Draymond in the middle a little bit, uh, which is why, you know, you love GP2 on on uh, CP3. Like, that, that just seems like it's such an obvious thing. Just put him on CP3, and you don't have to worry about that that, that matchup, and you let Draymond roam around. And, and, you know, sometimes it doesn't work exactly like that, but it was interesting, you know, and I bet you got Draymond's, you know, it, it, I also think they think it gets Draymond going early. Like, you go get the great point guard who might drop 40 on you, and you and stop. now he's locked in, yeah. Yeah, like he's then he's, you know, he's moving around, he's moving side to side, he's feeling it. Um, you know, that I think that's part of the equation when they at least start the game like that, but. And he can do it. <laughs> you know, Draymond can do it. That's the other thing. Like you, you don't get embarrassed in any way when you do that. Uh, and I don't think they like him on like Crowder just standing in the three point line. I think that's part of that's a big part of it. Like just did it. they don't want him on the guy who's just standing in the corner waiting for the open shot because he gets bored with that and can't. You know, he wants to help. He wants to dive in. And when he does that, sometimes the ball pops back out and there's Jay Crowder standing wide open. I think that's kind of. I remember. Remember. Was that the New Orleans series when they would not put him on Saric because he just was – no, it wasn't Saric. It was the other guy. Miritich. Miritich, yeah. Just because that guy was going to stand outside and Draymond was going to come off and help for, on Drew Holiday or whoever else, and they just didn't want that. And it just sometimes it isn't the best way to, to use Draymond because he's just going to get in the middle of it no matter what. So you put him in the middle of it no matter what. Yeah. Um, so 
it was an 8 p.m. tip, so maybe that led to like a full arena before uh, tip off. But it was like that felt what, and I was at the West Finals in Phoenix. I covered it and the NBA Finals. It kind of felt like that atmosphere again. Um, but they were loud and into it, and like you know, there was a lot of Warriors fans pregame watching the Steph routine. But it was very overwhelmingly pro Phoenix. And I'm talking, you know, Jay Crowder hits a three in the first two minutes and boom, explosion. Devin Booker hits a mid-ranger, like boom, like really engaged right away. And to me, like Chase Center's had a pretty good vibe early in the season. And if Steph gets on a run or the game he had, oh, you know, what did he have, 45 or something against Atlanta, 50, um, it was, you know, it had big explosive moments. But to me, it's been kind of a crowd that needs to be like eased into the game and they're late arriving and they need like good stuff to happen for them to, to kind of generate uh, energy. I'm just curious if Friday night they kind of answer this Phoenix crowd and are like lit up for the matchup because you could tell the Phoenix crowd was like like the matchup had had generated this buzz that was there from opening tip and I just don't think we've seen that in Chase and I'm just curious as we try to figure out what Chase will be as like a playoff gauntlet of a place to play in um, Phoenix is that now and and you know two years it's crazy to say because three years ago it was one of the deadest arenas in the league but um, they showed up tonight, and I think they really impacted the game. And I'm just curious with this rematch Friday, which if Chase can do the same. It's weird too because uh, I was just out there, and I think it was a game against Dallas uh, on a Sunday or Saturday, or whatever. And it was the first sellout of the season. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't even sell out the opener, so it's it's kind of wild, like how you know, random or not random, but they, they turn up for big games. Cause you know, they got that reputation in the playoffs last year. It was crazy. They knocking out, <laughs> they knocking out fans. Remember sons and four became the thing. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like they have finals experience. <laughs> I don't know if chase has that yet. D- does that matter? Well, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I meant chase the fans has a- by the way, not the, not the team. The fans have finals experience. The Suns fans. Uh, I don't know if does Chase Center need a finals experience to be able to get to that level first. I don't think I, they I should. I think this would be this is a good game to tell because there's no game in between. The Suns play another game, but the Warriors don't. So there's going to be a couple of days of talk about this, and we we know the, and the Warriors themselves are going to be feeling it and wanting to, to jump back on them. And we know Steph's going to be feeling. We're going to be wearing that for a while and i think the fans will be talking about it and sense them we'll see what the energy is i bet it's good energy i, I don't know if it's going to match the suns but i think it'll be good energy i think it's been getting better at chase center you know you win when you win the same thing with suns you win enough people get excited and it starts be getting a better atmosphere but maybe not we'll see we'll see if it's empty that you know for the first few minutes like it sometimes can be or half empty or whatever it is my question is, is sarver showing up for these games slayer no, um, I think ever since he's been booted, or ever since that came down, he's kind of just been out he's of not, the... He's not suspended or anything that I know of. No, it's just, you know, super awkward, yeah. <laughs> like the, the yeah. whole situation. So yeah. I think he's kind of staying in the background. Um, I did not see him tonight in his normal courtside seat. But anyway, uh, Warriors All-82, we will do another one Friday night. And if it's a good enough game, maybe I can convince both these guys to come on Friday night. I don't know. People are asking. People are asking. It'll be, it'll be a good enough game. It'll be a good people enough are, Even more important, people are listening. The they podcast listening. is rising. <laughs> uh, anyway. Do you like uh, that? Do you like that? 
Yeah, we'll talk uh, Friday, Warriors. Huh?